Hello everybody, it's Bahia Jesse here with the truth about God and money. Welcome to the show. Um, this is a podcast we're going to be talking about debt and debt cancellation uh, primarily. Uh, I just want to say a, a, a big hello and um, God's grace to um, Adrian and Prophet Barry um, and the Provision of Promise Ministries, um, the campus out there in uh, Pennsylvania. Um, look forward to um, seeing and speaking with you guys in person again. But I do want to touch on a few things regarding debt and debt management. Um, again, my name is Bayer Jesse. A little bit of background for me. I've been in banking for well over 15 years, primarily on the debt and credit side. So I've lent to Fortune 500 companies, not-for-profits. I've done uh, commercial real estate. I've um, been in the private banking and wealth management for some time, um, lending to ultra-high net worth clients, some of which are billionaires, some of which uh, you know very well who have uh, produced and done plays and such and have tons of movies and and things like that so um, my experience regarding credit and debt kind of runs the gamut from small business to corporations like Rolls Royce um, all the way over to high net worth clients Um, and I'm here to uh, help you and serve you um, as I'm serving God so I'm going to provide some Bible verses that I want you to take with you so um, make sure you have a pen available so you can write these Bible verses down as I go along and, and read through them um, part of the show is you always we always start with the Bible verse and um, after I read the Bible verse we kind of do some in-depth detail discussion regarding um, the, the subject matter and the subject matter in this instance is credit and debt management basically how to get rid of your debt and uh, how to uh, kind of set yourself up uh, so that you can kind of free yourself from the bondage of debt the first verse we're going to um, speak to um, is Luke 14. So this is Luke chapter 14. This is verse 28 through 30. I'll repeat. This is Luke 14. Okay. Luke 14, 28 through 30. All right. And I'm going uh, to explain the importance of this verse after um, I read it. And uh, its importance helps, um, I guess, put a roadmap in place so that you can kind of manage your finances and kind of know all of what you have. Okay, so Luke 14, verses 28 through 30, it says, For which of you intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first, and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it, lest happily after he have laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man begin to build and was not able to finish. Now, the importance of this verse um, surrounds a budget, okay? And a budget is nothing more than a personal roadmap to success. The the most successful companies on the planet, whether that be ExxonMobil, whether it doesn't matter what it is, um, Apple, uh, they all have budgets, and um, the budget is the roadmap and a financial plan. So as an individual, you need the same. I know sometimes it is a headache to put together a budget, but quite honestly, once you get in the habit of doing so, uh, you'll find it an extremely useful tool. So um, budgeting is important in regards to debt elimination and getting rid of your debt because if you do not know the inflows and outflows of the cash uh, coming in and out of your pockets, it's going to be very, very difficult to assign purpose to that money. And again, if something has not been assigned purpose to it, it falls by the wayside. So if you have income, all the income that you receive, you need to assign purpose to it. So one purpose may be to save. One purpose may be for retirement. One purpose may be for an emergency fund, Um, because as you know, new blessings bring new devils. So as you begin to grow in the spirit and in the Lord and in your finances, the devil's always going to throw something at you. 
uh, to kind of deter you, whether it be your car breaking down, whether it be an issue with a home, whether, you know, it doesn't matter whether it be school or something with your family or children or what have you. Um, there's always going to be an instance where you're going to need money set aside similar to a rainy day fund. I call it an emergency fund. Okay. And you need to budget for that so that while you're trying to knock down and tear down uh, those balances regarding your debt, um, you won't be either one dismayed or two distracted. Okay. So a budget is extremely important. And as you you build your budget, again, take all your income at the top line. Okay. And after you do that, you need to write down all of your monthly expenses. Now, in addition to tracking and writing down your monthly expenses, I want you to take a minimum of 30 days and monitor your behavior. Now, you can use a debit card, okay, because it's easier to track. You can go online and look at your bank statements and see how you're spending money, okay? But if you do it in cash, that means you're just going to have to have a notepad with you and you're going to write it down. Again, electronically, is a lot simpler and a little easier to track because you have online banking tools that can help you with that. But if not, you, you need to, to write it down on a, on a pad. Um, and the, the, the point of writing down your spending habits for 30 days is because, quite frankly, um, you know, it's kind of like looking in the mirror. It's self-reflective. You know, half the time, because of our habits, we're so ingrained in our routine, we don't recognize nor realize all of what we're doing. So before we start with, all right, I need to reduce my cable bill so I can free up a few ca a little bit of cash, uh, minimize some of these expenses that I can use to put toward debt. Um, what I want you to do is kind of track what you're spending, because if you can reduce your spending and keep your lifestyle the same, that might be the best method. Now, again, you might have to do a little bit of both eventually. But at first, um, the most important thing that you're going to have to do. Um, it, it's track those expenses. And what most people find is that whether that be Dunkin Donuts coffee, whether that be your early morning breakfast before work or what have you, you're going to realize that you're spending hundreds, maybe sometimes thousands of dollars um, in six months to a year um, and expenses that you can cut back on that can have been used uh, with purpose to do other things with. And, and in this instance, we're talking about paying down debt. So the purpose of freeing up cash at this point, um, given the topic of discussion, is paying down debt and uh, relieving yourself of the bondage of debt management. So I'm going to read a, another verse to you so you have a, a clue as to, to why. Um, actually, I'm going to read a few verses so you have a, a, a clue as to, to why reducing your debt is, is so important, of which, obviously, um, if you have a significant amount of debt, you, you already know. Um, this is Proverbs um, 22, verse 7. Again, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 7. Again, write this down. If you don't have your Bibles with you, feel free to go back and check it. Um, the Bible teaches that you should eat the book and not have it dictated to you. So though our pastors and um, those who God have put in before us to give us the word and teach us, um, make sure you do your own research and reading as well. So that's why I always provide the Bible verses so you can kind of go back and read through it for yourself and, and have a checkpoint that you can go back to um, if you are led astray. Right. We are our sheep because we are easily led astray. So the word kind of keeps us in tune and in line with that. So Proverbs 22, verse seven, it says the rich ruleth over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender. Now, the Bible says servant, I say slave because uh, debt is a form of slavery. OK, which is why it's important for you to eliminate it. Now, there have been many instances where you can debate whether uh, debt or credit can be useful and helpful tool. I, I've obviously seen it. I've been in banking again for 15 or more years. So I've seen how individuals have used debt um, 
from a business perspective um, as uh, additional liquidity or additional capital to um, improve or move forward with regards to whatever sales goals they may have, whatever growth goals they may have regarding their company and business entities. However, um, debt on a consumer side is a very dangerous thing. Um, now, it's dangerous on a business side as well, particularly if you don't know what you're doing. But uh, debt from the Bible's perspective is a form of slavery. And we're going to uh, show you uh, again um, via the word how that works. Um, so write this verse down as well. This is Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 6. Okay, Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 6. It says, For the Lord thy God blessed thee as he promised thee. Now, now you got to have a personal relationship with God and understand that he blesses as he promised you. So your blessings are already yours. You just need to do what you need to do to receive it. So it says, For the Lord thy God blessed thee as he promised thee. And thou shalt lend unto many nations, but thou shalt not borrow, and thou shalt reign over many nations, but they shall not reign over thee. So in this instance, the Bible is explaining, even as an individual, if you are a borrower, someone is reigning over you, and God wants you to be in a position of a lender and not of a borrower. So um, let's tackle a few um, ways by which you can actually decrease uh, your debt again we spoke about it a little bit uh, earlier in the podcast with regards to tracking your spending um, and, and reducing some of the miscellaneous stuff you are going to have to commit to uh, paying down your debt and in order to do that you're going to have to do it any way possible and after you've done so you will absolutely be relieved um, at the success that you've had but first you have to commit to doing so you commit to doing so first by creating this budget seeing what expenses you can eliminate um, what things you can do without you might have to do without cable for a few months till you pay it down so you can allocate that money somewhere else you might have to do something else all right you might you know you might have to eliminate that uh, early morning coffee that you're used to getting there are certain things that you're going to have to do, um, but you can get yourself out of the debt situation that you put yourself in. Um, and uh, once you've done so, you can go back to the usual normal habits. And again, your budget and projections of what your income is and how much expenses that you will have projected for the month and how much uh, purpose you've allocated towards saving um, will help you do so. Now, uh, regarding uh, credit card debt, OK, credit cards are what I would call legal loan sharks, right? So you, they, they may trick you into a 0% rate at about 18, you know, 0% for about 18 months or so. And then after that, uh, they're hoping that you spend beyond and, and have not paid the, the balance down to zero um, prior to the expiration of the um, initial uh, 0% offering uh, so that they can increase that rate to about 19%. And then after that, 19% is almost impossible to pay any balance down. If not, it, it, unless you're paying so much more than the minimum payment. First of all, you shouldn't be paying the minimum payment anyway, um, because that's just a cycle. And most banks on, on their statements will tell you how long it would take for you to pay off this debt at the current balance um, if you only pay the minimum. Um, and then they say, if you want, you know, you can do, do you go to bankrate.com. They have particular calculators. And again, this is bank rate, B-A-N-K rate, R-A-T-E, one word, bankrate.com. And they are financial calculators that say if you have X amount of debt, you can put in, say you have a balance of $5,000 in credit card debt. You can put that balance in and you can say, okay, based on how many years, how much do I need to pay to pay this debt off? Okay. And it'll give you years. It'll give you amounts and you can kind of play with the tool. Um, that can assist you in knowing how much you have to, to pay um, 
each month in order to get rid of um, a particular balance. Um, so before we work through and, and discuss uh, debt consolidation, I want you to spend time to go through your individual balances. So hopefully you've brought uh, or know um, a little bit about what's going on with your own personal debt. Uh, obviously, so um, if you say you have a balance with City, say you have a balance with Bank of America, say you have a balance with Chase. Hopefully, you don't have that many balances. But again, um, I'm not suggesting you close those um, accounts because that will lower your FICO score. But I am suggesting that you cut those cards up and pay those off. And then once you've paid those off, you may use maybe one of those cards and ask for a replacement. Um, now, um, one strategy to do so is called the debt snowball. Okay, and this is called the debt snowball approach. So what happens is um, after you've done your budget and you know how much free cash you have to pay, um, you pick a card, usually the one with the highest balance or the one with the highest interest rate. Uh, that would be your choice. You will pay above a little bit above the minimum on, say, the first two cards, the Bank of America card and the uh, City card. But on the Chase card, which is the one with either the high balance or the high interest rate, you're going to put everything you got into that card, okay? And you're going to pay that card all the way off, okay? And then once you've paid that card all the way off, you use the same approach. So now you just have two cards, okay? So you're going to pay a little bit above the minimum on the City card and then with the Bank of America card, with that free cash, you're going to pay everything you've got into knocking that card down. And then you're going to pay that card off and then you'll only have one more card left to do so. Okay, so it's going to take some sacrifice. It's going to take some discipline. But if you're organized and the budget will help you um, with your roadmap, you'll be able to successfully do it. And again, this is called the snowball approach. Okay, it's a debt snowball. You pay a little bit above the minimums. I don't want you to pay minimums because um, minimum payments one. Um, even though you have a goal and you're going to get to those those balances eventually with regards to paying them off, um, paying a minimum balance on a credit card lowers your FICO score. And we all need our FICO scores to improve. Now, again, if all you can do is pay the minimum, pay the minimum and then put everything you got into those cards, I would suggest you just pay a little bit more than the minimum. And that can be fifty dollars. OK, fifty dollars above the minimum is fine. I just don't want it having a negative impact on your credit report. And yes, once you pay a, a card off, that will um, absolutely improve your FICO score because now you're going to have uh, a removal of a debt balance um, and the availability of that credit will remain because you're not closing these credit card accounts. You're just not using them again. Okay. And the reason why, if you, you know yourselves um, better than I do. So if you have uh, issues with discipline and you see a sale and you think, you know, you, you want to put something on credit, <clears throat> and uh, you know that's just just not part of the plan because again you've assigned purpose to the money and funds that you that you have coming in. Um, you may just need to cut those cards up, uh, or or have your spouse or someone hold them for you until until uh, you you've paid off your debt. Um, the next approach is a little bit a little bit tricky. Now now this is a a, a little bit of the credit card game. Say you have. Um, I mentioned the 0% interest rate. Say you have three cards. They all have balances. They all have moderate to high interest rates. What you can do is you can look online and you can find a 0% 18-24-month month credit card with no annual fee. Again, no annual fee. There are several banks that have this product. Okay, City has it. Bank of America has it. Chase has it. Whomever. Okay. 
what you can do is you can open up a 0% card, okay? If your FICO score allows it, okay? You can balance transfer those balances from uh, a high interest rate to a 0% rate. But before you do that, again, that's why this budget is extremely important. You need to know, can you pay off this balance in time before you're hit with this 19 to 24% interest rate? Okay, if you've got good credit and you want to get rid of this debt, transfer the balances to a 0% card. You need a, a zero balance transfer fee um, or a 0% interest rate on balance transfer. They may obviously charge you a, a fee. Maybe, I, don't, I don't know what the percentages are, but they'll charge you a percent of the balance that you transfer over. But at least there'll be 0% interest for the 18 to 24 months. And you have a plan and you're going to stick to that plan and you're going to pay that off. Now, say you've transferred both balances over to one card um, and you've paid it down significantly, but there's a little bit over uh, three months prior to the, the closing. So after a year, OK, before the 18 to 24 months is done, you may get 24 months. I don't know. You may get 18, but let's just assume you can only get 18 months of zero percentage rate prior to the uh, rate increase. You will then search for a new zero percent. Annual fee, annual, I'm sorry, annual percentage rate, 0% um, APR on balance transfer card and transfer the debt again to the new card and then pay the remaining balance of your debt off. Okay, and this is a little bit of a credit card hustle. You have to be disciplined to do so, but you're moving your balances from cards that are charging you interest rates and fees to those cards that have 0% balances. I'm sorry, 0% interest rate, 0% APR, forgive me, and 0% on um, the APR on balance transfers, okay? So let me repeat that so, so they're clear because I don't want um, there to be any confusion. You're transferring the balances on your credit cards from those banks that have an APR that they're charging you, okay, and maybe an annual fee, to a bank that has a credit card, that has a 0% introductory interest rate for 18 months and a 0% interest rate on balance transfers for 18 months, okay? And you're going to pay that down. And as I stated, if you have a little bit of a balance over that um, leading up to the period two to three months prior and your credit is good, open up a new one and transfer again not closing any of the cards okay you're not using them you're cutting them up this is a debt payoff strategy this is not intended for you to use the zero percent interest rate to go and buy a tv okay this is not you trying to find a sale you saw some shoes you were walking through nordstrom or bloomingdale's or lord and taylor wherever you shop or you saw a person you thought oh you know what this is a sale this purse is 50% off. I'm going to save. <clears throat> I don't know how much you, you convince yourself you're going to save by buying this purse, but um, you're not. Um, you're not saving anything, quite frankly, um, because uh, your purpose that you're allocating to these funds is to pay off debt. Now, once you've done that and you want to make an adjustment in spending and you want to treat yourself, that's fine. But know that, um, and um, I'm sure you're not going to like what I'm going to say, but if it's 50% off, I don't care if it's 80% off, you're not saving any money. All you're doing is spending less, okay? That money, if you allocated $100 to save or you allocated $100 to pay off debt, if you find a product that's $100, 
uh, the original retail price and it's uh, $50 because it's 50% off, you have not saved $50. You've only spent $50. Now, it's less than you were going to spend because the original price was $100. But what, what consumerism and um, the consumption culture of of America, um, as well as the consumption culture, quite frankly, that allows and gets people into debt and into trouble in the first place is they trick you into believing you're saving. That is not saving. Saving is taking income and setting aside or reinvesting it. That is saving. Okay. Saving is not spending less. And that's what you're doing when you're out shopping and you claim that you're um, taking advantage of um, a sale that you're actually saving money. You're not. Now, everyone loves a good deal. And when that time comes after you've eliminated your debt and you want to um, spend, I'm not saying you have to live a terrible life. Enjoy yourself. God has given you blessings and uh, you've sown and now you've reaped. So enjoy your money exactly how you 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 choose to. But um, in this instance and for the purpose of debt elimination, you've assigned purpose to the funds that you're receiving and the purpose quite frankly, at this point is not spending. It's not spending. All of it is not spending less. It's not spending uh, less than you thought you were going to spend. Okay. You're still spending. The intent is to save and the intent is to eliminate your debt. Okay. So we've went through two instances by which you can kind of work through paying off your debt um, via credit cards. Again, this is the credit card snowball approach. And I, another means of which I call the, the, the 0%, um, credit card hustle you can entitle and call it whatever you like as long as you appropriate the strategy and use it um, as a tool and not as a way to get yourself into even more debt okay um, another thing that you may have to consider after going through your budget you may realize you know what I'm not making enough money I've incurred all of this debt um, I can pay some down it's going to take longer than I thought guess what it doesn't matter how long it takes what what matters is that you pay it off but if you want to pay it off sooner, guess what we might have to do? We might have to get another job. We might have to get a part-time job. You know, now, if you're a spender, I wouldn't suggest you get a part-time job at the mall. Okay, because then you're going to have all of these products um, um, kind of being thrown at you on a day-to-day basis. And, uh, you know, I don't want you to, to be tempted and spend. So if you're a spender, do not get a, a part-time job at the mall. Make it convenient for you. Make it uh, around your, your current place of employment. Um, maybe on the way home. You know, the, you know, I honestly don't know, but you, you kind of may have to reevaluate your current financial situation after going through this budget and say, you know what, for the next year, I just might have to do a part time job. Some of you have children. Some of you have kids. You may have to work that out where either a spouse, a grandparent, a um, daycare, however you do it. But the, the, the key is to not incur additional expenses while you're working part time. And, you know, what's the point of that? So now you're going to work part time to get the extra income to pay down the debt. But now you're incurring the expenses as a result, whether that be increased gas mileage, whether that be, um, again, uh, hiring a babysitter. If it's going to cost you more, then you have to stick with what you got and the income that you have and use that and um, budget wisely and appropriate the funds the way they should be so that you can kind of clear up the debt. But you have to be savvy. And again, the budget is important. You'll add in how much you plan to make and what the expenses are to getting to and from that job so that you know you have additional income. The worst thing you can do is get a second job and the second job costs you money where you're not actually putting money into your pocket, but you're out here and uh, I don't know, say you work at, uh, this is an example, say you got a job at Macy's and uh, 
from where you work to get to Macy's, depending on gas prices, costs you just as much as it is when you get paid. So you're just paying for the gas to get to Macy's. What is the point of that? All right, so know how much you're going to make. If um, if you're making a, uh, a net income, meaning if you're if you're, you're making more than you're spending to travel and get to this second job or whatever else, or you know how much you're going to make and you're really good at sales and you, you know you're going to get this commission every quarter or month and you're making a significant amount of money on this part-time job, that is what you need to do. And you're going to allocate that. Again, you're assigning purpose. The point is to, to reduce debt. The point isn't to, all right, I'm going to pay off debt and have this I have a snowball strategy and it's working out fine and now I got this additional job and I'm going to use that to go buy some shoes or or brothers you you see a nice nice wallet uh an expensive one at that you find you see a, you walk by and you see a Gucci wallet that costs you I don't know $900 for one slab of leather that they probably cost I don't know $5 to make and now you want to go buy that now you're wasting money the point of the part-time job is to reduce your debt burden, okay, and to get you out of slavery, as the Bible um, has explained, okay, this is to get you out of being reigned over and ruled over, and that is the point, and if you can point to those verses and read, I don't care if you read it every day, okay, I don't care if you read it in the morning, so you know what your, your goals are, so you can stay on task, and then you read it at night, Okay, if you want to know anything and understand anything about money and wealth, um, Solomon, the verse of Proverbs, read a verse a day from one all the way through, I believe it's 31. Okay, you got any each month? Read, I'm sorry, read the chapter, read chapter one on day one, day 30, depending on how many days there are in a month, read that chapter. And at the end of the month, if you have a few chapters carrying over, read the remaining chapters, okay? You can read one chapter in the morning. You can read one chapter at night. Whatever it is, um, read the book of Proverbs. They talk a lot about money, what to do with debt, um, what to do with your finances. Um, so you can kind of stay stay on cue and, again, use those verses that I provided you um, so that you can um, stay and stick to the plan because that is the point. Um, speaking of Proverbs, I want to talk about Something in here is some of us have gotten into debt because we've co-signed and we've kind of helping, you know, out here helping everyone else. And we're being very charitable with our um, our credit ratings and um, debt. And, and I just want to talk to you a little bit about that. I'm not going to go too much detail in it because it speaks for itself. So, uh, again, write this down. This is Proverbs chapter 22. This is verse 26 through 27. Again, Proverbs 22. Verse 26 through 27, it says, Be not thou one of them that strike hand or them that are sureties for debts. If thou have nothing to pay, why should he take away thy bed from under thee? Which means if the person who is incurring the debt of which you shouldn't be incurring debt in the first place, because we already explained um, earlier in the podcast that that is a form of slavery. But if someone is looking to get themselves into slavery, why should you join them in bondage? If they cannot pay for their debts, why in the world would you help them or put yourself in a position um, where you will be a surety for someone's death and have your bed taken from under you as well? Of course, there are instances where you kind of have to make a difficult decision. Um, some would say, you know what, my kid is going to college. I'm going to incur debt and pay it off. That's great. I'm sure. If they pick the right major, they go through college, they graduate, them having a little bit of debt for their um, degree is fine because they will have a longer time frame of which they can pay off that debt than you will. 
Okay, you're going to have incurred debt and you're looking to retire. Your kids are going through college and you've uh, got all of this debt and uh, now you have to pay for it. Okay, and you were looking to retire. So you kind of have to make uh, some difficult decisions. And I may actually have a podcast in which you can um, find ways in which you can look for funding to pay for school and and college and things like that. But uh, that'll be another topic of discussion. Um, What I want to do now is I want to talk a little bit about. The Mortgage Debt Relief Act. Okay, now this is this is two parts. Some of us have mortgages um, with homes that are underwater. Okay, and what that means is if you have a mortgage of three hundred thousand and your home is worth two hundred thousand, that means your property is underwater. That means there is no equity in your home. If you have an FHA loan, and as the case, you can take advantage of what's called an FHA streamlined product, which means they will re-underwrite the loan using the original metrics um, when you originally purchased the home. Okay, and you can get your interest rate lowered so you have a smaller payment. Now, they will also, because of the Mortgage Debt Relief Act, reduce the debt balance of 300000 down to its market value of 200000 Okay, so now you're at break even. Okay, and this is not a myth. I want you to write this down. This is streamline refi. Okay, FHA. If you have a conventional loan, meaning it's not FHA, um, you might have to figure out another way by which you can refi. Um, but there are still streamline products that will allow you to refi and reduce your debt so you can take advantage of it. So you can bring it down to what the current market value is. Now, after you do that, I want you to write down something else. Okay. This is called the Mortgage Forgiveness Debt Relief Act. Okay. This was passed in 2007. Um, Now it's expired, but they keep doing extensions every year via Congress to allow you to take advantage of it. Okay. This is the Mortgage Forgiveness Debt Relief Act passed in 2007. Okay. Now. I can't tell you what the current administration is going to do. They may not allow you to do it. I know they made some some <laughs> mishaps regarding the, the taxes. Um, and they've tricked the American people into <laughs> making them believe that they, the tax benefits were for them and not for corporations. I'm sorry, for you and not for corporations when it was for them and their corporations. But again, as it stands, the Mortgage Forgiveness Debt Relief Act of 2007 is still in place and it is extended every year. And what that allows you to do is when you do a streamline refi and you refi your $300,000 balance, as an example, down to 200000 okay, which is the current market value, there is a $100,000 deficit. And what usually happens is that is considered a settlement um, and they will tax you on the $100,000 of income you have received or the $100,000 in benefit you have received. What this um, Mortgage Forgiveness Debt Relief Act does is it allows you to do so without any taxation or without any tax burden, okay? So it allows you to refi your house into a lower interest rate and it allows you to forego forever any tax associated with the balance difference, which means say you have a $300,000 mortgage, your property you believe is worth $200,000 and that's what the appraisals suggest, or that's what the market suggests. You've refied, you've done a streamlined refi, you've done the mortgage debt 
uh, Mortgage Forgiveness Debt Relief Act and you submitted the paperwork to the IRS to where you do not have to pay any taxes. The next day you can sell that property for $400,000, $500,000 and still have no issue. It will not affect your credit report <clears throat> and you will be in good standing with the bank. Now, in order to do that, some banks will say, oh, you need to be behind before we help you. That's a lie. It's not true. <clears throat> if you have any issues with that, um, please don't hesitate to, to, to reach out to Prophet Barry, uh, of which he can get a hold of me. Um, or in, And I, quite frankly, you can feel free to call me directly if you want to. My number is 862-236-0385. Again, 862-236-0385. If you want to talk to me about taking advantage of such programs, I can kind of walk you through it. I've helped maybe three or so people do it. Other people, quite frankly... Um, <laughs> particularly in the black community regarding finances. They're scared to talk about it. They're scared to even face whatever issues they may have. So it's impossible for me to help you. Um, but for those who, who have the courage to come and say, hey, listen, I need help. Um, I've been able to help them do so. And we've worked through it. Now, quite frankly, there are many analysts um, that, you know, you call the bank and it's a hotline or who knows. It, it might be uh, <clears throat> outsourced um human resources all the way in India. I, I don't I don't know how, um, you know, because it's cheaper to do so. We'll get you to the right person that makes the right decision. You will provide them the information you need. Um, they need uh, to make that decision. OK, they're going to want a budget. We've already talked about it because you made a budget already. So they know that you can afford the new two hundred thousand dollar mortgage. Um, you've provided them a hardship letter. Um, and I can walk you through how that works, where you can say um, my inability to refinance and this interest rate is causing a financial hardship. I've got debt, whatever else the case may be that I have templates that I can assist you with um, in that regard. And I can help you through that process. Again, I've helped those who have had it with Bank of America. I've done it with Wells Fargo. OK, and you can do it with Chase. Um, it's the law. OK. So you may need to educate your bank on what the law is and no bank wants to deal with the law and the penalties for violating um, the consumer um, benefits and acts and laws that are in place to protect you. OK, that is not something that they want to do because that is a lawsuit. So <clears throat> if you have any more questions in that regard, please reach out to me um, so that I can walk you through the process. OK, again, the Mortgage Forgiveness Debt Relief Act. And the FHA streamline refinance. Now, again, if you have a conventional mortgage, you can still refi. You can try to work through a streamline process and you can still do the Mortgage Debt Forgiveness Act. There is a package you put together to do so. Feel free to reach out to me and I can help you with it. If you want to email me, feel free to do that. Also, you can email me um, B-A-H-I-R dot J-E-S-S-I-E at gmail.com. Again, B-A-H-I-R dot J-E-S-S-I-E at gmail.com. And I can help you with that. Send me a text at the number I just previously gave you um, and we can kind of schedule the time and I can kind of sit down and work through your finances and we can kind of figure this whole thing out together. OK, I'm just here for you. I've been assigned uh, this purpose to help God's people with regards to living in abundance. So in order to do so, uh, we've got to eliminate a lot of this debt and some of the mistakes that we've made previously um, and understanding the culture and psychology of debt. Now, debt is a tool. Now, if you own a small business, again, I've been lending my entire career. <clears throat> I've lent to businesses, um, companies that make billions of dollars, to those individuals that make $2 million, to those that make maybe a couple hundred thousand dollars. It doesn't matter. Um, if you need help and you need me to review what you look like on the debt side regarding your business, do the same. 
um, and and reach out to me. But um, debt is a serious thing, um, and I want us all to eliminate it now. In instances, uh, I'm not completely debt adverse. You know, obviously, some of us have mortgages, and that is the the manner by which we can um, purchase a home and provide some security for our, ourselves and our family, which is fine. Um, but we are talking about consumer debt with regards to credit cards. Sometimes, quite honestly, even car loans. I want you to pay those off too, okay? And that budget will help you outline not only the the what, meaning how much money you have, but the when and how you're going to plan on doing it, all right? And if you need additional strategies, again, feel free to reach out to me. Um, again, um, I want to say uh, uh, God bless. I love you and hello to um, uh, my cousin, who is really a brother from another mother, Adrian Prophet Perry. Um, Prophet Adrian Berry and um, the uh, Provision of Promise Ministries, uh, the campus out in Pennsylvania. Uh, I hope this helps. Um, and again, if you have any other questions, um, feel free to reach out. What I do want to do is I want you to understand that there is a, a spiritual um, thing that goes on with regards to money and finance. It is cultural. It is spiritual. It's not transactional. And if you can understand what the verses mean and what they do and how they can help and assist you um that is the goal and that is the intent okay to understand that what we don't understand is how god can bless us and be ready to bless us but our behavior um causes a, a hole in our pocket meaning we are not spiritually where we need to be um, and as a result, our blessings go out of the window and out of the door. So what I'm going to do is I want to pray, uh, pray a prayer of deliverance over you and your money and your finances. Because, quite frankly, what many of us uh, don't understand is is that um, um, what the devil may do is he may try to um, cause you into financial bondage via fear or via ignorance. Meaning you don't understand that whatever sins that you have not repented for are causing these issues all right so you have to clean yourself and have a clean completely clean slate so that god can pour um a blessing and pour out abundance and pour into your finances and in order to do that you have to ask him for forgiveness for everything okay and this is what this prayer is intended to do so bow your heads and pray with me and then we'll close out heavenly father i repent of any sins in my life or my ancestors' lives that resulted in a curse. I repent for all disobedience, rebellion, perversion, whipcraft, idolatry, lust, adultery, fornication, mistreatment of others, murder, cheating, lying, sorcery, uh, division, occult involvement. And I ask for your forgiveness and cleansing through the blood of Jesus Christ. I take authority over and break any and every curse upon my life in the name of Jesus. I break all curses of poverty. All curses of lack, all curses of debt, all curses of destructive, destruction, sickness, death, and vagabond. I break all curses on my marriage, my family, my children, and relationships. I break curses of rejection, pride, rebellion, lust, incest, rape, Ahab, Jezebel, fear, insanity, madness, and confusion. I break all curses of affecting my finances, my mind, my sexual character, my emotions, my will, and my relationship. I break every hex, jinx, spell, and spoken curse over my life. I break every feather, shackle, chain, cord, habit, and cycle that is the result of a curse. According to Galatians 3, um, verse 13, I have been redeemed from the curse of the law 
by the sacrifice of Jesus, I exercise my faith in the blood of Jesus and loose myself and my descendants from any and every curse. I claim forgiveness through the blood of Jesus for the sins of the fathers. All of my sins have been remitted and I loose myself from the curse that came as a result, as a result of all disobedience and rebellion uh, to the word of God. I exercise my faith and I know that confession is made unto salvation. Therefore, I confess that Abraham's blessings are mine. I am not cursed, but blessed. I am the head, not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I am blessed coming in and blessed going out. I am blessed. And what God has blessed cannot be cursed. I command the spirits of rejection, hurt, bitterness, unforgiveness, bondage, torment, death, destruction, fear, lust, perversion, mind control, witchcraft, poverty, lack, debt, confusion, double-mindedness, sickness, infamy, pain, divorce, separation, strife, contention, depression, sadness, loneliness, self-pity, self-destruction, self-rejection, anger, rage, wrath, anguish, vagabond, abuse, and addiction to come out in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for setting me free from every curse and every spirit that has operated in my life as a result of a curse. All these blessings be asked in Jesus' name, amen. And again, I did that because many of us are in bondage and we don't know why. We don't understand why every time uh, we have a blessing and receive money, the next minute the devil has something planned and it pulls right out. Okay, when you're protected by the blood, the devil cannot access God's blessings. Okay, the Bible teaches that God addeth blessings and there is no sorrow that comes along with it. Okay, God bless again. It was a pleasure. Um, God bless you. Um, and if you need me for anything, and you want to reach out, feel free to reach out and do so. I can meet with you personally in your home or via phone. Um, however, um, it's convenient for you, but I'm always here to help. Um, I love you all. And uh, uh, thanks again for listening. Have a good one.